Hi, Jim. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, loud and clear, because I am looking forward to this edition's of the Who Gives a Shit Files USC football consultant, John Garner. Welcome, John. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure. It's a it's a real uh, it's a it's a real title here that I expect you to put on your resume next time you're looking for a job. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but maybe we'll see. Podcast star, you know, consultant. All right, John, where do you want to start? Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Um, I don't know, Jim. It's uh, I, I'm not even sure how to structure this today. Uh, there's so much going on, and uh, uh, a lot of people. No, I, I don't know. There's a lot to unwrap with this one. <laughs> well, let's do. Should we start with a game? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. So, what were your thoughts when USC went down fourteen to nothing, and Slovis got hurt? What were you thinking at that point? Uh, what I was thinking was uh, a rerun of the Stanford game. Um, and unfortunately for me, as it turned out, I had to leave after the first half. So I listened to the second half on the radio. I've since seen a replay, a couple of them, actually. But when uh, I just thought, man, they just look so bad, so bad. And I, I was watching and the defense um, w- looked so spread out and Washington State moved the football at will of course um, what i didn't realize at the time was that they were setting up like that in a base defense and then uh you know doing some uh you know blitzing and stuff out of the base defense but uh uh man it didn't look good and when slowness got hurt you know i go i mean because we didn't know how good this jackson dark guy was at least i didn't I had no idea he was this good. Yeah. I mean, he was throwing balls all over the place. Yeah, he was. And also, too, it's like this bucks a trend because usually USC gets off to a, a fast start, and then the other team makes adjustments, and this game, USC made adjustments. It was remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a miracle course then again clay helton wasn't around so i guess maybe stuff like that will be allowed to happen now yeah it i mean dart made everybody forget about you know forget about uh uh, slovis because he was just you know at first he looked a little nervous but after that he really got going well i i caution everybody about that um to slow their roll just a little bit. Um, a lot of people were thinking that, uh, you know, Slovis got off to kind of a poor start this year and he wasn't as good last year as he was as a freshman and blah, blah, blah. But you're talking about a very, very accurate quarterback there. Um, and, you know, Dart came in and he showed a lot of promise but he also made a lot of mistakes. And let's not forget that they were playing 
uh, Washington State. It wasn't exactly the 85 Chicago Bears, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Uh, you know, but nonetheless, USC so- showed resilience and Dart is showed a lot of promise. And do you think Slovis is going to go into the NFL this year after this year? Um, I really don't know. I, I'm expecting, you know, if I had to, if I, I'd say it's kind of a coin flip, but, uh, uh, I think that, you know, there's at least a 50, 50 chance that he will. In fact, he probably will now that I think about it. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be at least a second round draft pick. And if he has, if he picks it up a little bit, I mean, he could be a, you know, a, a really low first round pick at least, you know, or maybe a high first round pick. Well, the problem is, and we've been through this pretty much every one of our podcasts. Uh, one of the things that really was disappointing, it was like when they got rid of Helton and made Dante Williams the interim coach. To me, they only that that only solved half of the problem. They still have <laughs> they still have Graham Harrell. They still don't know how to block. The receivers are not you know seldom open. Some of the running plays that they ran uh, were ridiculous. I mean, there there was I saw a screenshot yesterday. And it showed the Trojans' first running play. And, and Jim, this is, I could hardly believe what I saw. And you're going to think I'm full of, of shit, but I'm not. There were literally four Washington State defenders sitting in the backfield, and, they, and no <laughs> USC lineman was in contact with any of them. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad. You know? That is bad. And and also, don't forget that Dart got hurt in the game, too, and he's not likely to play Saturday. And so, you know, he's bigger and more mobile than Slovis, although he's – see, he's – Dart is more uh, – being a, a runner is comes more naturally for him. He, in spite of all the incredible passing numbers – that he put up last year, uh, he ran for over a thousand yards rushing too. On top of it, did so, he really? Yeah, he's he's kind of used to it. Um, it's going to be interesting because if you watched uh, any of his high school highlights, it's like wow, these <laughs> these guys aren't exactly the Trinity League. Let me put it that way. He was as big as any of them on the field. <laughs> And so, so he goes straight from playing against the Pee Wee League to, you know, major college football. And, uh, you know, to his credit, he was great, but, but he also had three turnovers and he got hurt as well. So, you know, it's, I think people are, ought to slow their roll a little bit. Well, do you think that, you know, Dart with this potential, will get the attention of possibly a future USC coach that wouldn't have been like, for example, watching dart. Do you think like urban Meyer or some of these other coaches 
might give USC a second look because they see the potential there? Uh, I think it's it's probable. I mean, possible, if not probable, that that would happen. I mean, you know, he does have a lot of potential. And they've got a guy that's pretty darn good, a Miller Moss, uh, who's the third string guy now. And they're both true freshmen, so... You know they're they're in pretty and they've got a good recruit coming in next year too. So they're they're you know they don't have a lot of depth, but I mean that's three really good guys, and you're not even talking about Keaton Slovis. That's pretty amazing. You know, yeah. in spite of all the turmoil and the uncertainty of SC, they still get these. The brand still attracts these really good players. Well, they've got to start attracting some really good linemen or it's not going to matter. <laughs> so you weren't impressed I don't know by... If you... Oh, my God. They, they were like bigger versions of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was sad. Uh, how, much have you, how much do you think it is the quality of the linemen or Harold's blocking scheme? Like way the, you know, the ineptness. Which one is... Which, why is it so inept? Well, I'll allow 5% of the problem being the talent level. It's not elite, but I mean, you, you cannot run block if you don't, you know, push guys out of the hole or push them back. If the guys are always in your backfield and you're retreating at the snap, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. And these guys, uh, it, it looks to me like they've never seen a blocking sled in their lives, you know. <laughs> no, I'm serious. When was the last time you saw one of them, like, pancake somebody? It doesn't happen very often. And, no, you know, and you're right. We were playing uh, – we played subpar competition. The only big, big linemen we saw were um, for Stanford – and yeah. we saw what happened there. Yeah, I think it was more of the re- – actually, SC's uh, uh, offensive and defensive lines were decent that day. Well, uh, the problem there was, was that – well, except for the pass blocking, of course. I don't know. It's hard to even really – you know, it's like when, whenever you praise the SC linemen – other than Tuli Tuli Apopo, who was fantastic again on Saturday, they they just you know it's uh, you have if you're gonna give them any praise, it's almost like apologetic, you know. <laughs> so, what do you think about Drake London? I think if they don't find some other guys, he's gonna get hurt, and he's gonna be questionable for. Uh, Oregon State this weekend because he got his bell rung. You know, and the thing is, is they target him so much, and he's not the type of guy to step out of bounds when he catches a ball. No, he's he's real good. He knows the team depends on him. Uh, He's just he's physical and he wants to win, and he cares about his teammates. I mean, he's just. A, a tremendous asset and um but they've got to find some other targets they have them but they just don't know really how to use them so you think 
so who would you start targeting more and how would you use them differently? Well, Gary Bryant, now that he's healthy, he can sure outrun a lot of guys, you know, a lot of the defenders. Um, he's got some speed. He played quite a bit last year. Um, a lot of them are young. I mean, they don't have Tyler Vaughn's and Amon Ross St. Brown anymore. So they're looking for new guys. And so far, none of them have really stepped up. Yeah, they've been spoiled with their receivers. Their linemen may oh, not yeah. be that good, but they've been spoiled with their receivers. Well, I mean, look at look at Slovis. I mean, you know, the re- there was always somebody open last year and the year before. Now, I mean, he's got to throw it into tight windows. And, and, uh, and we saw Dart do that a couple of times in the second half, made, made some really good throws. Yeah, he did make some really good throws. He's got a yeah. gun for an arm. He oh, was yeah, making yeah. the, you know, which is, I think, the the Trojans look, re, you know, good for the future, at least a quarterback. Now, what did you think about the comeback, though? There must have been, you must have had some positive emotions or positive feedback about that. Um, well, it was, you know, like you say, uh, we, it's been so long since since USC made halftime adjustments that it was like, you know, you know, am I really seeing this or or am I dreaming? You know, um, it didn't help Washington State that their quarterback went out, um, and the guys that their third stringers on that team are not exactly Miller Moss, you know. No. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they got the, they they hadn't had a sack in two and a half games, which is somewhat pathetic. And they actually uh, they got three of them in the second half there. And it doesn't hurt when one of them is in the end zone and you recover for a touchdown. No, that helps a lot. <laughs> and one, oh, one thing that I I want to mention that uh, before I forget is they moved Drake Jackson back hopefully permanently to an outside pass rushing defensive end instead of having him just standing around not knowing what to do as a linebacker. I mean it's like it's like okay I'm going to take our best player and not let him make as many plays. I mean it's just ridiculous. But 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 he was the one if memory serves that that put the hit on that guy in the end zone, causing him to fumble. He did. I believe you're correct. Yeah. Well, so that's a, that's <laughs> what Drake Jackson needs to, to do right there. Well, at least they have it. I mean, at least they were resilient. You could have seen with, you know, they the firing of their you know, the firing of the head coach, this could have been a dumpster fire, but there's reason for optimism. If you're oh, a there's, Trojan there's fan. no doubt that the new, the new coach, you know, had them fired up. I mean, you know, they were a little tight in the first half. In fact, they were really tight, but then uh, uh, it didn't hurt that they got that touchdown to Bryant towards the end. No. Um, but, uh, but then they, you know, they got rolling there and it wasn't, it, it didn't happen immediately either. You know, right. it, it was kind of a gradual steamrolling 
It you did, will. but yeah, I mean, it, they finished stronger than they started, obviously, because they just oh, kept yeah. getting the momentum shifted. You know, you're right. It was a slow shift buildup, but by the end, they were exploding. And so is Oregon State at home? Yes, it is. Okay, that's good. So we should have our way there. Well, Oregon State is, you know, they're a lot better than they used to be. And historically, they've given USC some fits. I can remember uh, in O.J. Simpson's um, one of his years, they beat SC three to nothing. I remember that. And also, they uh, remember that when Carroll's team, I think it was 2008, um, lost to Oregon State when they had that that little running back, Jaquez Rogers. I remember that. Wild. Yeah, that cost them a national championship right there. Yeah, it so, did. That was before the four-team format, or they would have, I thought, won it because they went yeah. on to destroy Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that I year. That. Yeah. Uh, so uh, another question here. What do you think? Give me a scenario where Devontae Williams actually is named head coach. Is there such a scenario? Um, that's really hard to tell. Um, publicly, I'm sure that they uh, want to put the face out there that you know, if he wins out, um, he'll be the coach. Um, but I think they have their eyes set on a bigger prize. And I think that they want to make sure that uh, Dante is retained and that he's happy, but not yeah. the head coach. That's what I'm thinking will happen. That's he, what no I'm thinking how will happen. They do. How about, I mean, how about if they. If they, and I understand that this is a pipe dream, um, but what happens if they run the table and win the championship? Then do you think they retain him? Well, yeah. I mean, if, if they win the championship, then, you know, what more can you, can you want out of a coach? What I about mean, the, I would. I would I too. Mean, this guy won a national championship, you know? I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So what about the final four? Would you keep him if he went, let's say they – they win the Pac-12 championship, they beat Oregon, and they end up playing Alabama as the fourth seed, and they lose. What do you think happens then? Do you think they keep him, or do you think they keep him as head coach, or do you think that they get somebody else? I still think you keep him if they get that far. However, uh, that's I wouldn't go any farther than that, if you know what uh, – so, in other words, that would be, to me, the, the baseline right there. Right. Anything below that, you don't keep him. Right. I mean, you, you try to keep him, and you give him a real healthy raise and more responsibility, and maybe even start grooming him, but you don't make him uh, – he's never been a head coach before, and I'm not – I don't believe he's at a major level ever been a coordinator – so he, you know, this is, this is kind of try, uh, uh, he's in, um, you know, the lab here. Yeah. I think uh, I would agree that if he makes the final, if he wins out, then obviously you keep him. If you, if he makes the final four 
and loses in the first round, you probably keep him then. I'm thinking so too. Yeah. Um, anything else and, you know, you don't keep them. Yeah. And you look at the, the whole national land, uh, landscape, you know, uh, almost all of the top teams are down a little bit right now. Um, so uh, I know Clemson certainly is and Ohio State is. And, uh, you know, uh, I've even heard, I haven't seen them yet, but I've heard that Alabama even doesn't look quite as good as they have been. Yeah, I watched the Alabama-Florida game, and Alabama was beatable that day. Okay. You know, well, they're, they, they're probably the number one team, I would imagine, right? They are. Yeah, they're number okay. one. Um, and Oklahoma, uh, who's number two, is, is – uh, you know, they're winning, but they're not dominating. Yeah, see, they're, I don't think Oklahoma is all that good. I mean, their quarterback, uh, I've, from what I've read, is a little, a little bit iffy. And their defense, you know, unless all of a sudden, you know, for the first time in the, you know, since the 20th century, they actually have a defense. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you can trust. Oklahoma, I, I, you know, Georgia looks good with JT Daniels, but um, he does look good. They do but look they good. Don't, they don't blow anybody out, you know. So and I don't know. They've got a history of of losing to Alabama, yeah, you know, in the know. SEC championship game. I mean, my son did a podcast and he picked JT Daniels to be the Burroughs of 2019, of 2021. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, a transfer guy comes in there and elevates the entire program like Burroughs did at LSU a couple of years ago. But you're right. This thing is wide open. I, you know, It's wide open. Northern, uh, Notre Dame's not that great. No. You know? No. I mean, they have I gotta, trouble on defense and they have a brand new quarterback. I mean, you know, it's replacing a four-year starter. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's tough out there right now. I mean, it's wide open. I mean. I think the best team I, I've seen so far that passes the eye test is Oregon. They just I, pushed Ohio State right, you know, they mowed them down at the line of scrimmage. They dominated. I knew you were going to say that. I, they're the only team that I hate as much as UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> really? I, I won't give I won't give Phil Knight and, and Nike University credit for <laughs> I assume you don't own a pair of Nike sneakers. I I had one and I threw them away. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right. Well, this is, so also too is I think John, we should give that a shout out for Fresno State. Did you watch that game? I did. That was a fantastic game. Oh boy! Boy, what an incredibly gutsy performance that quarterback Hainer. Uh, I mean, the guy was like, he was all beat up. And, and when they, uh, when they, uh, when UCLA went ahead, I mean, they just sucked all momentum and even hope of winning out. Next thing you know, that guy's throwing a touchdown in the corner of the end zone. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And the comeback 
and you know it was at it was at the Rose Bowl, so they were on the road. Yeah. And also, too, I mean, the guy looked like he was thrown from a wheelchair. He was so hurt. I know, but he, he was pretty accurate. The funny thing about it is, is that, uh, as you know, from our, uh, our uh, uh, you know, our basketball uh, days with watching UC Irvine, Fresno travels real well. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they had more people there than the Bruins did, because they, <laughs> they never, nobody ever goes games as for for good reason and i'm glad to see that <laughs> frankly they lost i am not a ucla fan and you know oregon almost lost to fresno state at home yeah three point a three-point game this fresno state team which is you know ranked i believe 22nd is you know if you know they'll never they'll never make the championship because they're in the mountain west right yeah, which has BYU and a couple other good teams. San Diego, San Diego State. State. Yeah. 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 Utah State's <laughs> usually pretty good. I mean, that's 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 going to be a tough out. Is oh, San Jose yeah. State in there too? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Think so yeah. That's to get through that league undefeated, and I, I mean, you know, it's possible. It's possible. Well, with um, the demise of the Pac-12, uh, well, I won't. There. Okay, because they are looking <laughs> bad. It's looking pretty good, yeah. Well, well, BYU have don't they have three wins or they got two wins at least against Pac-12 teams? Yeah, San Diego State's San Diego State's got a couple wins against Pac-12 teams. Pac-12 is not looking good at all. No, they're not. All. I I think the only thing I can point to was Oregon's win at at uh, Ohio State. But that's about it. That is all she wrote for. You know, for it's going to be an interesting game this weekend as UCLA and Stanford. We're, we're going to find out a lot about the Pac-12 uh, on, when they play. Do you know, is that at the Stanford, Rose Bowl or is that up in Palo Alto? I think it's down here. But, okay. but ne- neither of those teams has anything remotely resembling a home field advantage. Yes, neither that's true. If a, you might as well go to the library as to one of their stadiums. <laughs> Anybody speaks, they tell you to sh- they shush you. Yeah, <laughs> it's not exactly intimidating. <laughs> that's that's funny, John. So, all right, John. Well, um, is there anything you would like to say about U.S.? You know how we end these podcasts. And by the way, thank you for showing up. I really enjoy talking to you. So is there anything you would like to say about USC? Uh, I love your rants about Graham Harrell. Feel free to oh, desecrate, dude. denigrate him all you want to. Is there, is there anything you would like to say about USC or, and or college football? I'd like to finish uh, encouraging people to uh, slow their roll on this. Jackson Dart should be the starting quarterback stuff. Apparently, a lot of people are very quick to forget after two games that uh, Keaton Slovis is a two-time returning All-Pac-12 quarterback for a reason. You know, he's a very, very accurate passer. And um, 
they they don't come along like like that very often. So so let's let let's let that play out and let's let the Dante Williams thing play out too. Well, John Garner, I thank you very much for coming on the Who Gives a Shit Files and being the USC football consultant for my podcast. My pleasure, Jim. It's fun talking about the Trojans. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Take care, Jim. Bye, John. Bye.